Section 10 of Sermons to Children by Sabine Baring Gould. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Marianne. Sermon 10 The Resurrection, Easter. Psalm 57, verse 9. Awake up, my glory, awake, lute and harp. I myself will awake right early. Imagine, my children, the grave of Christ very early this morning before dawn. All is hushed in that cold vault. The stone at the door is sealed as well as closed. Without are the sleeping soldiers, and one pacing to and fro, keeping guard. The eastern moon, through the leafless branches of the trees in the garden, makes a lacework of silver and black on the great slab. The stars are scarcely showing overhead, for the moonbeams pale them. The night wind moans through the dreary garden, and makes the lace of shadow on the tombstone sway and change. The town is hushed. Perhaps the twinkling lights in the temple, kept there burning night and day, may be seen in the distance, on the top of the hill, above the roofs of the houses. And within, all night, angels have been kneeling, one at the head, the other at the foot of the dead body of Christ. I have no doubt that the pious women, when they made ready the body for the sepulchre, according to ancient custom, put a burning lamp into the tomb as well and now the oil is spent, and the flame is dull and dying. In its start it stains with a dull yellow glare the napkin and the pall. The pale hands are folded over the pulseless breast. The chill brow is dabbled over with blood and torn by the ragged braid of thorn. The feet, those blessed feet that walked through brambles and briars seeking the lost sheep, are motionless. The air in the tomb is fragrant with the spices left by the holy women on Good Friday evening. The angels bend without a sound in adoration of the body put on by the Son of God, in contemplation of the wounds it bore, and with redeemed mankind, in love of the face, so marred by buffeting, but peaceful and sweet in death, as it had been in life. Hark! High aloft in the thin frosty air is a lark singing, it knows that morning is coming, and it springs from the turf to greet it. Look, behind the ragged black rocks to the east, the night is not quite so black. A cold light begins to show. And look within, a flush appears tremulously on the Redeemer's cheek. The lips faintly move, the breast rises, and the fingers stir the bulrush placed at the head. Look, the eyes open, life has come back. The soul has returned. Hark! What is that shout like thunder? The Lord is risen. The grave is empty. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? Awake up, my glory. Truly Christ may say this after his long sleep, after the weary fight, after the sore passion. Now the body sown in dishonor is raised in glory. Beautiful, resplendent, majestic is the risen Savior. The battle is done. He is the conqueror. He who was so weary on Friday, bearing his cross, is now strong to break the gates of hell. Sown in weakness, he is raised in power. It was in tears and dying pain that Rachel clasped her newborn son, and with her failing breath and darkening eyes called him Benoi, the son of sorrow but his father called him Benjamin, the son of his right hand. On Friday, Mary saw her son taken from her, and the sword, as foretold, pierced her soul. 
He was to her then, indeed, Benawai, the son of sorrow. But lo, to-day he is called by his father Benjamin. He is exalted from the grave, raised in incorruption, the son of the right hand of God. Awake, lute and harp! Truly may Christ call on the angel choirs to greet his resurrection. And doubtless they were present to attend his triumph, cherubim flaming with love, seraphim glowing with zeal, Michael shouting, Who is like God? As of old when he smote the dragon, Gabriel who had announced his incarnation with a hail for the risen Lord, Raphael who guided Tobit comes to conduct the Son of Man. I myself will awake right early, I myself and not another, I, the same who died on Friday, marked with the same red wounds, still with my side pierced as by the spear, I, who was forsaken by my disciples, derided by the Jews, I, and not another, awake from the sleep of death right early, I, in spite of the stone rolled to the door of the sepulchre, and of the malice of the chief priests, and all their precautions, notwithstanding the sentinels and the seals, I myself awake and arise right early. Truly may it be said of Easter, This is the day which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. All days are made of God, but this is especially the Lord's day. We rejoice indeed every week in a day that the Lord hath made, but each Sunday derives its sanctity and its glory only from the great Easter day, of which it is the weekly reflection and reminiscence. Christmas Day is a day which the Lord hath made, in which we rejoice and are glad, but yet in it we hear the weeping of the child in the cold stable, denied entertainment in the inn. The circumcision is a day which the Lord hath made, in which we rejoice and are glad, but on it falls first the blood of the Redeemer. The Epiphany is a day which the Lord hath made, in which we rejoice and are glad, but among the gifts of the wise men is myrrh, prefiguring the Passion, and we know that it is followed by the slaughter of the innocents and the flight into Egypt. The transfiguration is a day which the Lord hath made, in which we rejoice and are glad. But Moses and Elias are present, speaking with the glorified Christ of his coming passion. But there is no cloud in the brightness of the joy to-day. There is now no sorrow in store, no shadow cast on the way. Henceforth begins the life of glory, the life of humiliation is past. A day this, indeed, of joy and gladness to the angels, for this day they see their suffering king exalted in his majesty. They see the peace and goodwill they promised at his nativity, assured by his resurrection. They see the first fruits of restored mankind, the beginning of the new creation, the opening of the kingdom of heaven to all believers. A day of joy and gladness to men. For today they see the second head of the race of man overcome death, Adam died, the second Adam also died, and he has risen again. They know now that though they may be laid in their graves, they also will arise from the dust, and if they have clung to their Saviour, will arise also in power, and glorious, and incorrupt. A day of joy and gladness to the apostles, for today their fading faith is quickened. Today they see that he in whom they have trusted has not been trusted in vain. Today they see him who was rejected of the builders laid as the chief cornerstone of the Catholic Church. A day of joy and gladness to Mary, for she sees her son whom she had wept as lost, restored to life again. 
she had pondered on all the marvels that had attended his nativity and kept them treasured in her heart, but her faith was sorely tested on Friday. Now on Sunday it is strong again. At the general resurrection Christ will wipe away all tears from the eyes of those who have sorrowed. Now at his resurrection he begins by drying the tears of his mother. A day of joy and gladness for you, dear children, for it gives you a hope and confidence to last you all your life. You will have many sorrows. You will be called to lose your dear parents, your loved father, your tender mother, maybe some of your brothers and sisters. But you will have the edge taken off these partings. The grief will be blunted by the thought that Christ has overcome death. And those you consign to the grave here will sleep in Jesus and wake up again like him at his call to be with him in his kingdom. A day of joy and gladness for you, for it will enable you to bear many a pain and hardship here. It was for the joy set before him that Christ endured the cross and despised the shame in the judgment halls of Pilate and Herod and on Calvary. It was for the joy set before them that the martyrs counted their lives as naught and gladly offered themselves to the tormentors. It was for the resurrection joy set before them that St. Peter bore to be crucified head downward, St. Bartholomew to be flayed alive, St. James to be beaten to death with a fuller's club, that St. John entered the boiling oil, St. Paul bent his neck to the headsman's sword, St. Lawrence smiled and stretched on a gridiron over the burning coals, St. Ignatius gave himself to be torn by the lion, St. Perpetua and St. Felicitas thought themselves happy to be goaded in nets by wild cows. In all your sorrows and tribulations here, children, you can look ahead and hope and derive strength and comfort from this, that to all of you an Easter day will dawn. For all of you the angel will shout the glad tidings that the graves are to give up their dead. Job was bereft of everything. He had lost his riches. He had lost his children. He had lost his health. His wife was turned against him. His friends gave him no comfort. All that the earth could afford him had slipped out of his grasp. He was desolate and afflicted, and would have despaired but for one thing, one precious hope. Oh, that my words were now written! Oh, that they were printed in a book, that they were given with an iron pen and lead in the rock forever! What words? What words that consoled him? and might prove the consolation of other forlorn hearts? I know that my Redeemer liveth, and that he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. And though after my skin worms destroy this body, yet in my flesh shall I see God, whom I shall see for myself, and mine eyes shall behold, and not another, though my reins be consumed within me. End of section 10